This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you a little bit later this week, listeners, because life gets in the way. Uh, but it's just going to be a quick one, and then next time we will have a special guest, and we'll be exploring some events of Newcastle's past. When you used to win trophies, or at least be involved in trophies. Yeah, no, let's not get too carried away. <laughs> winning, winning things, come on. Come on. <laughs> but yes, as I say, just going to be a quick one today. Not too much has been happening in the world of Newcastle United over the last couple of weeks. Of course, with the Euros being on, the football world has mostly been focused on that. And my goodness, has it been, well, for anyone other than an England fan, it's been fairly interesting. But for an <laughs> England fan, my goodness, it's been a massive waste of my life. Yeah, it's it's not been particularly inspiring, has it? And Newcastle, Newcastle, England. Yeah, but, well, you know, Newcastle even would be at least entertaining. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, even I think even uh, this Newcastle side are a bit more entertaining than England at the moment. God, so, but, I mean, look at those players. I'm sorry, I'm going off topic, but like, if you look at those players, and I'm going to get a whinge in now, at no point should those England players be playing the way they do. I mean, come on, Harry Kane, where's he even been? What's happening? I'm finished now, but like, my goodness, I've, I'd rather I'd rather watch paint dry. Like, I'm done now, but I need to get I needed to have my scent. Yeah, I mean, I think I think England will be probably out in the, in the first knockout round. Because... We sure as hell deserve it because I would rather Scotland be in than us because they've actually played. We've just turned up. I, I can't see us beating Germany, France, or Portugal, which are. <clears throat> I can't see us beating Germany, France, or Portugal. Those three, obviously, being out one of uh, one of them being our likely opponents in the next round. I think we're going to have to play a damn sight better than we have done because I know we've not conceded a goal yet, but equally we've really not been tested. And going forward, I mean, we've been absolutely shocking, haven't we? As you say, Harry, Harry Kane's just been enormous. I mean, yeah, Raheem Sterling's grabbed a couple, which is, is good considering he didn't have a brilliant season, but there's, there's not been a lot to write home about. Um, and of course, amidst the Euros, the Premier League obviously can't let international football have its limelight once every two years. No. So the Premier League had to go and release their fixtures in but the middle some, of the tournament. Somebody needed something exciting to happen because, as we said, England are in NAF all. So the fixtures... Um, for Newcastle, seems to be reasonable. Not a bad start, actually, to the season. West Ham at home, Aston Villa away, Southampton at home. There's there's potential for some early points there. There is, but I think the start of the season, it doesn't matter who you play, it's always going to be a bit hairy. No one really knows how fitness is going to be. Everyone's feeling themselves out again. I, I, I think the start of the season... I think I, it I don't still think helps any... not to be playing Man City, though. Does it? 
Yes, I think so. Yeah, you can say that, but I think I'd rather get those difficult fixtures out of the way first when everyone's a bit, you know, un- unsure in their footing. And I mean, you got West Ham home, Aston Villa away, and Southampton at home. Yes, on paper, maybe you should be coming away with something, especially with the way you finished or the way Newcastle finished um, the season. You would expect something at least. You know, we know what the Premier League is like. Everybody listening knows what the Premier League is like, and and literally anything could happen. I think this is this is the uh, the issue. Newcastle do like to surprise their fans quite regularly. I mean, yeah, and obviously it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. We've seen teams get off to a fine start to the season, then completely fade away and get relegated. But equally, you don't want to be waiting ages and ages for your first win because chances are, again, you're just going to get dragged into that battle. At Come the on, you're a Newcastle fan. You must be waiting for this. You already assume you're going to get relegated every <laughs> season. I also love how you put the very difficult festive period. Okay, so let's go through it. Leicester away, Liverpool away, Man City home, Man United home. All, I agree, very difficult matches. But then you've put Everton away. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, if we play like we did against Everton last season, we might be all right. But, I mean, that is a brutal run by anyone's standards. We are going to have a really oh, difficult Christmas. Just stop whinging. Everybody's got to go through it. You're just no, yourself. No. <laughs> With all due respect, I'm not having that. Oh, are you not? No, honestly. Are you not? That is an incredibly <laughs> difficult period. And bear in mind as well, with it being the festive period, those fixtures are condensed into a relatively short space of time. That is going to be brutal. We need to take advantage of our reasonable start to the season fixture-wise. We need to get some points on the board before that run because that run could be pretty scant in terms of getting the points on the board. So that is going to be very tough. And then yet again, as we did last season, now of course we rose to the challenge last season against all odds. But another tough end to the season as well. Liverpool, final four fixtures, Liverpool at home, Man City away, Arsenal at home, Burnley away. Once again, we need to make sure that we've got the points on the board because if we go into that running right in the thick of it, that's going to be a huge challenge for Newcastle to overcome. Let's, let's put this in perspective, OK? So we'll start from the same point that you did. So Leicester also, obviously, play Newcastle in the Leicester-Newcastle match. We then play Tottenham. Leicester then play Everton. We then play Le- uh, sorry Man City. We then play Liverpool. I think everybody has a tough middle season. I just want to play no, Devils I think both Liverpool... Um, I think both Newcastle and Leicester have tough <laughs> festive periods. There will be some teams... I mean, obviously, it's not an easy time of the year for anyone because of the con- the congestion of the fixtures. But I think it is fair to say that both Newcastle and Leicester have a very tough run there. It's also fair to say Leicester are a lot better than Newcastle, so we're not really one of the tough fixtures <laughs> in that run for you, whereas you are definitely one of the tough fixtures in our run. It's it's difficult for everybody. Uh, I think I think no, I know you're not making excuses. I I'm know, being realistic, that's what I'm doing. But you may as well say that for the whole frigging season for Newcastle then. <laughs> you want to be realistic. Every time you play Liverpool, you're going to lose. Every time you're going to play Man City, you're going to lose. that be the same for everybody. I think just, yeah, it's tough, but I won't focus on it. It's tough for everybody. We're all like five games within one month. I think it, it, it's just horrible. 
for everybody involved. Yeah, but it definitely helps to not play Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United. Oh my Everton God, we've just, we've just gone through the others. Literally, Leicester have a very similar setup. And again, it's going to be tough for Leicester. But yeah, okay, all right. Again, okay, all right. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll discount Newcastle from our difficult lineup then, shall I? But I think the more important thing is your top end for the season because it doesn't really matter where you are mid table, bottom table, top table, that end is going to be decisive as to where obviously you finish. And your end of this season is very tough. I know this season seemed to be almost like fate. It's almost like the Premier League knew you were going to be fighting Fulham at mid-season. And I know <laughs> it didn't end like that. But having Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal and even Burnley, because it's, it's an away match. And Burnley are always quite tough. That's the, that, that's, that's the difficult bit. If Burnley were at home, you'd look at it and think, yeah, we should be winning that. Away, obviously, we did beat them away last season. But last day of the season... If they're fighting as well, if they're safe, it, maybe it's another story. But if they're fighting as well, there's certainly places I'd rather <laughs> yeah, be going I, I think, to and there's teams I'd rather be playing than, than Sean Dyche's Burnley. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely the, the section of the season that I think Newcastle fans need to be wary of. You need to make sure that Newcastle are safe way before that period. Yeah. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, Newcastle played very well. And as, as as we know and as we've discussed in the last half of the season but would you have put money on it? No. Would you put money on you getting anything out of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think to ease everybody's nerves and to stop any cardiac arrests from any Newcastle fans over this last month of fixtures you really need to make sure you've got that magic 42 points and that you are safe mathematically it could go any way, couldn't it? Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to see how it goes. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of takeovers and whether Steve Bruce is still going to be in charge by then. Though, if Mike Ashley's still around, I think even if Steve Bruce has a dreadful start to the season, he probably won't get fired because we saw the kind of run that he was allowed to go on last season and kept his oh, job. So. yeah, we all know he's not getting fired. Come on. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a tricky one. Let's um, get taken over by another multi-million pound owner then. He's staying. And even then, he'll probably manage to worm his way into that oh, no, ownership. I, I think if the Saudis take charge, not that I want You'll them to. You'll have bigger issues to worry I about think, than who's your manager if that's the if case. If they take charge, Bruce is gone. They're, any prospective owner is going to know that the biggest PR win they can basically have upon taking over the club to win the fans over is to get rid of Bruce. And if they are like the Saudis or, or someone else, if they're looking to pump serious money into the club, at the end of the day, they won't want Steve Bruce in charge. They're going to want a much better manager, a much more well-known and more recognisable manager. I think the issue is that they're not exactly, they don't grow on trees. There is a limited pool of who is that well-known, well-respected manager at the moment. And I don't actually know who's free. Well, I mean, as I say, well, I suppose it doesn't really matter who's free at the Mourinho, moment. You're going to get Mourinho, that's it. That's... <laughs> You're going to get Mourinho, I tell you now. If you get Mourinho, I will laugh <laughs> so much. I probably won't even be physically capable of doing another podcast. I've been laughing that much. I mean, given Mourinho's record at St. James's Park, I hope we don't get him. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a bus. He won't even bother having a team. We'll just buy a bus. We'll just put him in front of him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would take Mourinho over Steve Bruce. But... <laughs> I mean, would you, though? Come 
Oh, yes, yeah, still. Even, even still, I would say Mourinho. Didn't you actually say Mourinho? But I think it says a lot about how far Mourinho has fallen that we're even asking the question. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think Pearson, Pearson, Pearson. I mean, hey, former assistant manager at Newcastle. There is a bit of a connection. Yeah, but he's not one of those that would be classed as a well-known, well-respected, even though he is well-known and well-respected, but he's not in that specific calibre of manager. Um, But as I say, that's all dependent on what happens on the sort of takeover front. And even even if it did happen, which, I mean, I'm still going to be sceptical until... As they say, until the sort of the new owner is literally sort of holding the scarf in the stadium, <laughs> as it were, I'm, I'm not going to believe anything. And even if it were to happen, unless it actually happens in time for them to have an impact in terms of transfers and all that sort of stuff, this summer. No, of course. Do you think you are? No, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not going to happen. No, I know. And it's a shame as well that Rafa. Well, I say it's a shame. Rafa Benitez is potentially returning to take over Everton. If that didn't happen. Potential is there potential that Rafa Benitez? Obviously, if you do get a, a, another takeover from from a different owner, they might be willing to re-sign Rafa. He was always good for Newcastle. He is one of those well-respected names. Maybe not like the most current one, but you know, no one can no one can deny his experience. So that that would be a a potential glimmer of hope if you do get taken over and Rafa is then not at Everton. Yeah, I mean, that, again, as you say, I think he is of that sort of profile. And I mean, I think again, he'd definitely be willing to come back if anybody else but Mike Ashley owned Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely, because he had such a connection with the club and with the fans. Again, I think for any prospective owners, it would be an easy PR win. It would be, you know, I think it would delight the fans. I would be absolutely delighted to have him back. And said it seems like he may be taking over at Everton and, which case it'd be somewhat bittersweet because I think it'd be nice. It would be nice to have him back in the Premier League, and I think it'd be nice for the fans, even though obviously he would wouldn't be in charge of us. But when Newcastle go and play Everton, to be able to show him their appreciation again, I think that'd be a nice moment, and I think it'd be a, a good signing uh, for Everton. But on the other hand, yeah, it would take him off the market <laughs> again, and that would be. That, um, that would mean, be upsetting. But. Yeah, I, there's always that. There's always that possibility there. But we're also assuming that Ashley's going to manage to sell. Um, we did. You did also mention about transfers and, and, and possible chance. That was so weird. <laughs> anyway, so you were talking about transfers and, and, and possible transfers that Newcastle would be doing. Obviously, it, if we did, if you did have a new manager, that wouldn't be in time for that. However, so what is the only transfer news that we have discovered about Newcastle United? <laughs> well, as I said, I'm not, I'm not going to sort of talk about like just the random rumours and stuff that Newcastle United made, but there was quite a credible report on Sky Sports News about Newcastle trying to negotiate a new long-term deal with Jacob Murphy amid some interest from Quite a contrast of two teams here, Burnley and Porto. I mean, if there was genuine interest from Porto, wouldn't it be a little bit silly to turn that down? I mean, I wouldn't begrudge him if if Porto came, did come in for him and if, if he wanted to move, I don't think I could begrudge him moving to a Champions League team versus one scrapping at the bottom of the Premier League. But mm. 
Uh, Murphy obviously has just the one year left on his contract, so obviously he would be available for free next summer if we can't tie him down. So, yeah, trying to get him to sign a new contract. And, you know, he did have such a good end to the season, didn't he? Uh, he, was, he was one of Newcastle's crucial players in keeping us up. I mean, you say that. I mean, if, if, you, if you literally boil this down to pure stats, and again, we have to take it with a pinch of salt because, let's be honest, Newcastle weren't playing for a lot of that season. But he only really has four goals and seven assists in 72 games. Yeah, and I think that kind of explains, as I've said many times on this show before, why I do have my doubts about him at Premier League level. But to put last season into context, of those four goals and seven assists, he got three of those four goals last season and he got four of those seven assists last season. So that, for him, by his standards, was a massive step up and he did make some pretty important contributions. Um, you know, he's, he's 26, so he's possibly sort of approaching his peak as a player. He's definitely and, at Ashley level of, I need to get rid of, isn't he, really? <laughs> well, and I say I, this with the greatest of respect, but Mike Ashley just does not like people over the age of 25. <laughs> if Ashley can sense a profit, then he's, he, he's going to go. But I think, I think he is worth trying to tie down on a new deal if we can. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he, he did have a really good season and he does deserve praise. I don't think he's probably ever going to be much better than that. I don't think he's ever going to be a player who in the Premier League is going to get you, you know, seven, eight, ten goals a season or, or as many assists. He, I just don't think he's going to be that. Well, I, th- I think he has the potential, but he needs to have the rest of the team. And as, as we've literally said multiple times, he, he was one of those few individuals that played with any form of conviction. And unfortunately, at that time, there was no one else for him to bounce off and for that to play off. But it's the same with, with a lot of Newcastle players. Even Wilson, to an extent, could have potentially got a lot more goals with, with a team that was more energetic and, and adaptive more creative in more creative in, in in their matches and it's just I do I do feel again that you know ignoring everything else about Wilson and his experience if you're purely selfish as a Newcastle fan I think it's a shame that we didn't get to see Wilson playing when Newcastle were playing as a team and as a squad because I think the potential for him to score more goals there would have been much higher yeah I mean a player is is prolific and as, as clinical in front of goal as Callum Wilson. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can get 12 goals in this Newcastle team... He, 12 yeah, of those could have come in the last couple of games that he Newcastle played the way yeah. they were playing. He absolutely could have had... Uh, could get more at, at a bigger club. Again, I'm, I'm not sure the same necessarily holds for Murphy, but likewise, as I say, we don't want to lose him for free. I think it is worth trying to just get him to sign a new deal for a few more years and then... Well, it's not like you're going to buy a replacement, is it? So you may as well, <laughs> well keep you, him. you know what you can do, so... also a fair point. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, as I say, I wouldn't begrudge him if he did want to go to Porto. I think Burnley would just be a bit of a sideways move. Um, and I, I Don't get me wrong, Newcastle under Mike Ashley are always going to be somewhat hamstrung. But overall, I think it's fair to say we do have lot more potential as a club than Burnley so I, I can't see him necessarily making that move myself but yeah I, I think out of, the, out of both of those teams that he's been linked with 
Burnley, don't see happening. Porto, I do see a potential of him leaving. And again, you can't you can't argue when a team like Porto comes in for you. So, I mean, it will be tough, but fair, fair dues. Yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes. And obviously, if there is any sort of confirmation on that story one way or another, uh, then we'll be sure to deliver it to you here on Magpies Unrestricted. Uh, in the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And until next time, we have indeed been Magpies Unrestricted. It feels like an age since we've done this. Yeah, well, it's just that sort of time of the season, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Maybe it's just watching all those England matches. <laughs> but yeah, until then, I've been your host, Chris Simpson. And thanks, Cara. No problem out. And thanks again, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.